0: Hi, my name is John Kristen, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruin Sports Podcast. Hi, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Out of Bounds. For the very last time, I am your host, John Kristen, a senior staff writer here at the Daily Bruin. Graduation is near. It's time to reminisce, and that means it's time for the class of 2023 uh, to sign off from Out of Bounds for the final time. Um, I'm joined by two others, class of 2023 Daily Bruin writers, sports editor Sam Settleman and senior staff writer Francis Moon. Um, I thought we'd just start today by just introducing ourselves. I know you guys both have been on the podcast before, but, um, just one final time introduce, um, just why you joined Daily Bruin sports in the first place and what beats you're on things of that nature.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously both of you guys joined our freshman year. Um, so I'm a little bit behind you guys, but I joined my sophomore year. Um, my freshman year, I had tried out a couple sports related clubs on campus. Always been a huge sports fan, so figured I'd try to find some sort of community at UCLA through that. Um, never found the Daily Bruin my freshman year, unfortunately. Um, and none of the other clubs really stuck, to be honest. I know a lot of us probably tried out some other sports clubs here, too. And I know we probably all agree that Daily Bruin Sports has been by far the best experience. Um, but yeah, I found the Daily Bruin my sophomore year, which was obviously kind Of in the middle of COVID and everything was a little bit off, but um, decided to apply someone who enjoyed sports and enjoyed writing. That's why most people apply, not necessarily because they want to go into sports journalism. Um, and yeah, I started writing about right at like the end of 2020, I think was my first article. Um, but I wrote for gymnastics and women's water polo my first year, um, and I loved it. I wrote like 50 stories that year, um, then was assistant editor next year and a sports editor this year. So yeah, that's pretty much an overview of what the last three years have been like for me.
2: Uh, Yeah, so I joined just a little bit sooner than Sam right before COVID happened beginning in the winter quarter. So um, like Sam said, I joined my freshman year. During my fall quarter, my first quarter at UCLA, I applied to a bunch of mainly pre-med clubs because I came in as a um, STEM major. Didn't get into most of them. And I kind of realized winter quarter that I should be applying to like a more diverse um like array of organizations instead of just trying to do this one thing. So I decided to think about what I actually enjoyed, which was, you know, as Sam said, sports, that's one of the main attractions at UCLA, especially as a student. So um, after applying, I joined the women's tennis beat, which was the first beat I wrote for under um, Jared Tay, who was my first editor. And one of my first stories was actually a breaking. And that's one of the things that made me fall in love with the entire process of just interviewing and writing a story about a game that you're just watching, putting it into words on a paper. And like Sam said, um, you know, not everyone in the Daily Bruin wants to go into journalism as a career. I think that there's a lot that I've been learning from the Daily Bruin in terms of just um, growing myself as a person. And I've written for women's basketball since then, the year after, um, following COVID, or I guess still during COVID, but um, when I got back into it. And um, the following year, I was a assistant sports editor. And this year I've been a senior staff writer on the men's or men's basketball and football beats. Yeah, I'm the oldest of the three
0: here. I joined fall of my freshman year. Um, I knew I was gonna join a student newspaper wherever. I ended up going to school. Um, I'm kind of, I don't know, I've always been interested in sports media and whatnot. And you know, like Sam, I tried out a few other clubs that I'm not gonna name. Sam and I actually met at one of those clubs. He doesn't remember, but they're just like nothing compared to to this, That's the structure of the institution. All of that. Um, and I applied my freshman year, got in, uh, for women's basketball uh, my freshman year and softball. Uh, and I'll talk about this later, but women's basketball beat was just like an awesome time. Michael Waldman, Dylan Souza, our editor, Jacqueline Dwosnick, um, all of them was just like created such a little community here. And I knew I wanted to stay in it for as long as I could and keep, you know, climbing the ranks and whatnot. So, After that, I applied for assistant sports editor my sophomore year, and then I became the top sports editor um, last year. Um, And I was an editor of both Sam and Francis then. Uh, And then this year I was a senior staff writer for football, men's basketball. Um, And yeah, just kind of exactly how I wanted it to go. So uh, definitely, definitely cool, cool experience to say the least. Um, But now I thought we just, you know, reminisce about games. We liked whatever, whatever we want to talk about. So I guess I'll posit this question to you guys. What was your favorite beat to be on, and what was the favorite team you covered, um, in these four three years in Sam's case at the Daily Bruin?
1: Yeah, I think for me, in both case, in both cases, um, the answer to that question is gymnastics. Um, probably not what I would have told you coming into to this experience. Um, I think as an intern, I put down women's basketball first on my beat preference form, just like a lot of other interns do, because they think you know that's the biggest beat around. I did have gymnastics too, um and and I got put on that my freshman year or so or my sophomore year I guess my first year at the Daily Bruin but um, that was a pretty crazy experience just because UCLA gymnastics has such a huge reach and it's something that I think a lot of people don't realize until they kind of get into covering it um, especially on social media um, so just to see that I mean obviously like part of being at the Daily Bruin is you're going to write a lot of articles that nobody but your parents read um, but to know that you know, your articles are being read by other people across the internet is a pretty cool feeling too. Um, so that, and also just the sport itself is, is really fun to watch, I think. Um, so that's probably been my favorite experience. Um, I've covered that team for the last three years. Um, so I'll definitely have to say that's my favorite, but I will say women's water polo was also, um, for me, super unexpected because I added that as a second beat my first year, um, did not expect to enjoy it at all, to be honest, um, i didn't really want to be placed on the beat in the first place um but that beat was pretty much just me and my editor Kyle Bull um he he wrote whatever stories i didn't want to write but for the most part it was just me covering that team the entire season um and it was really cool to kind of just build that relationship with with the coach and Adam Wright um and other players on the team as well um i covered them all the way to a national championship and and UCLA hosted that national championship too um ended up being 18-9 USC win worst loss in in water polo championship history but um, overall just a pretty insane experience especially as someone who had no idea what the sport was to begin with and then you know became somewhat of an expert I guess by you know three months later.
2: I think I have the same answer for both questions too. Um, I kind of consider women's basketball my first beat since when I joined the women's tennis beat and one recorder I only wrote four or five stories maybe and then um, obviously the pandemic happened so I think women's basketball was really what made me I guess fall in love with um daily Bruin. i think it was especially because of the fact that it was a time where not much was happening around campus Every, everything was online classes were online so um there was a lot of time being spent just like not doing much i guess so being able to go to women's basketball games go to poly um even if the um, arenas were empty just being able to sit there and being able to interview athletes still and um just be able to experience daily Bruin. that definitely was a very fulfilling experience for me My sophomore year and then um, becoming the assistant editor on that beat the following year that just made it um, even more exciting and fun being able to guide my writers through you know the same experiences that i had the previous year and obviously even though they weren't you know as good as they normally are when i was an editor and they didn't make it to the ncaa tournament um just traveling to las vegas for the pac-12 tournament and just going to every home game that was definitely an experience that i'll definitely remember for the rest of my life and definitely an honorable mention goes out to football because I've always been a huge football fan, and the Rose Bowl. Um, it just never got old going to the Rose Bowl, um, press press box or stands, and um, I definitely got to go to some very exciting football games. So I love being on that beat as well. Yeah, I'll
1: actually second that as well. Um, same deal as Francis. Like I feel like growing up, football was my number one sport. Um, and so to be able to cover a team like you say football and go to the Rose Bowl press box and be in a stadium like the Rose Bowl to begin with is was pretty insane for, for me to be able to do this year. So, yeah, I'll definitely say that one as well.
0: Anything basketball, I'm a huge basketball fan. It's obviously going to be my answer here. But um, I think my favorite team specifically was the women's basketball team my freshman year. Um, that's the first team I covered. Um, and so it was my first time like doing any of this stuff. And I just, uh, like Francis said, just fell in love with the process and really got to... Um, you know, learned everything about the players I could, learned everything about the team, the history, all that. that. Um, it, it's cool. Women's basketball is a big beat, so you get to go to Poly Pavilion, which is obviously a historic arena. Um, you get to go to the media room. You get to um, do all of that. But you also, you get to know the players pretty well. You get to interview them, like, basically every day, because there's a ton of media, a ton of stuff like that. Um and you really got to develop that relationship. So just knowing that Corey Close, like, knew my name at the end of my freshman year is just, like, such a big um achievement for for me and um I don't know, it was just cool. Uh the team, I just like everyone on the team. Charisma Osborne was a freshman then. I was a freshman then. So they had a a few other good freshmen, so I kinda felt connected to that class and it's just been cool to see them, you know, watch them my four years here and I
1: just always remember that beat fondly. Yeah. I guess on that note too, like John was saying, like it really does make a difference kind of what like who's on the team, who the coaches and all that, I think In terms of, for me, my favorite team to cover has probably been gymnastics this season, just because the coach is fun to talk to, the athletes are fun to talk to. It just really does make a huge difference. Um, And as you kind of develop that relationship over time and you get to know these players um, as people, um, it does dramatically change the experience, I think, instead of just kind of being a fan from the outside. And um, you don't really get to know them on the same level, I think.
0: One of the best parts of our job is really getting to talk to these players and um and coaches um and just seeing that the players are you know fellow students and whatnot and you can see them around campus and say hi to them and and all that it's just such a cool experience jumping off that i we do a lot of interviews we interview players coaches um so i guess i i want to ask to you guys what was your favorite you know coach or player interaction um that you had in an interview
2: uh yeah i definitely have an answer for that so um like i said last year when i was an assistant editor on the women's basketball beat they weren't very good particularly so compared to normal years there weren't as many people in the press box and also compared to men's basketball there weren't as many people in the press box most games um, there were actually a couple games where it was literally just me and either Lauren or Grace or Gavin one of my writers and we were the only people asking questions and for a team like UCLA women's basketball you know that is a little disappointing but at the same time um, you know that wasn't going to make us stop going to every single game and continuing our coverage every game because they weren't as good of a team. So at the end of the season, unprompted um, coach, the coach, Corey Close. um, Like John said, it was cool to just even have her know my name, but she kind of unprompted just thanked us for being there every game, for continuing our coverage and for just um, sharing their stories. So I think that that definitely kind of resonated with me a lot because, you know, it's not just about covering games. It's not just about like um, reporting about their wins and losses. It's also about sharing um their visibility and just spreading awareness about the team on campus because I think that I've written a column about this, but I think that women's basketball definitely does deserve a lot more publicity on campus.
1: For me, my favorite coach or player interaction and interview has to be and this goes back to what I said about the gymnastics team this year, but I think um as, after the gymnastics NCAA regionals the regional final um a couple a couple months ago at this point, I guess, um, they actually hosted a regional poly pavilion. So it was at home and all that. Um, and anybody who follows USA Gymnastics knows it's kind of been a roller coaster of a three years for them in the three seasons that I've been covering them. Um, my first year covering them, they missed nationals for the first time in a while. Then they did it again last year and had some controversy behind the scenes ended up with some coach turnover. Um, so they bring in a new coach this year in Janelle McDonald. And I think the whole vibe of the team kind of just changed this year. Um, and just a really fun team to cover because they were having fun all the time. Um, and I think that really peaked after they qualified for nationals because um, the regional final didn't get off to the greatest start. And then they kind of made a comeback to, to make the NCAA championships. Um, and after in the press conference, um, Jordan Childs and McDonald, Shay Campbell, Selena Harris, they were all um, on cloud nine, really. I mean, I think Jordan Child said she was on cloud 952, but she's someone who just really loves to have fun all the time in those press conferences. She doesn't care what she says. Um, she's laughing around the entire time goofing off. And I think that was probably the most fun I've ever had. It was just 30 minutes of kind of nonstop chaos almost. Um, but everyone in that room really had a smile. And I think that was just an awesome moment to cover.
0: I think as uh, longtime listeners to this podcast, if there are any, uh, know that I'm not the best talker or like, like talking particularly. So um, not great skill for an interviewer to have. So I was pretty nervous before any interview I did. I still am. Um, but that was particularly true my freshman year um, during my first interview. Um, and I remember going to Mo in the practice center to interview uh, Corey close Lauren Miller and charisma Osborne and just being like so nervous I think I went back and looked at my questions a few weeks ago. and They weren't great questions, but they're you know They're just fine. I didn't really have much to be nervous about It was just you know first time and I just remember they could not be like more nice about it um, They were asking like me questions about like daily Bruin and whatnot, but they answered all my questions. They um, Responded to all my follow-up. So yeah, shout out Corey close Lauren Miller. They're Uh, my first interviews for sure um shout out coach uh kelly anore perez from softball too she like invites you into her office to like chat about the game and it really does just feel like a conversation um but i guess i had to pick like one um something specifically it was um i I grew up in eugene a big oregon fan uh oregon football specifically so chip kelly was kind of i i don't want to say he was like a god in eugene or anything but he was a very very big deal um, when i was growing up and so i was always very nervous in any press conference with him. So it took like a whole year, I think, before I asked Chip my first question, just because I'm not a big talker. I don't like asking questions. I don't like um, I don't want to get like, you know, him mad at me or anything like that, which I shouldn't have been worried about. But um, after the Oregon game this year in Eugene, I remember asking him about some onside kick Oregon had and he gave a good response and like, you know, made direct eye contact and stuff. And I was just like, I, don't, I just felt like I'd made it kind of. um in the sense that like I was in Eugene asking Chip Kelly a question. Like if you would have told me that at age like 12 or something, I would have freaked out. So that was just a very like, vindicating moment for me.
2: Yeah. And shout out to women's tennis coach Stella Sampras Webster, too, because kind of like John, I'm not a huge talker. I don't really I got really nervous before my first interviews, but she was the first person I interviewed uh, my freshman year. And she just made it very easy. She also took me into her office and just kind of talked to me. Um, so after that, I got a little less nervous about talking to them because I realized that they enjoy it too. And
1: if we're all sharing stories where we got nervous, I think my first interview, um, this was over zoom. So I guess it's maybe a little less nerve wracking. um, But I think all of us will say like, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it before you still get nervous before them. Um, But my first one was with Kyla Ross, who at that time was an assistant coach with UCLA gymnastics. Um, She had just graduated from the team um, and she's, you know, like I wasn't necessarily the biggest gymnastics follower for the first, you know, twenty years of my life, but obviously I knew her name and she was an Olympian and she was a big name. Um, and I remember this doing the Zoom interview and looking back at the recording afterwards. I literally couldn't even open the recording. Like I, I just looked at the audio because I was bright red the entire interview and I couldn't even, I couldn't even watch it back. Um, so yeah, maybe not my favorite memory, but I think all of us have some stories like that.
0: Uh, uh, listening to yourself talk is the hardest thing to do. And if you have to do that to transcribe an interview, it's very hard. Um, And I'd say it, it can be intimidating, too, if you're at a media scrum with LA Times, ESPN, whatnot, and just um, it can be a lot for sure. Transitioning off of that, I want to talk about some of our favorite games we've seen live. I know a lot of us have been to games together, but we've covered a lot of stuff. Um, I think what there's at least more than 10 years between us of so just covering different sports and whatnot. So um, what, what were some of your favorite game Um, games that you guys covered while
1: at the Daily Bruin? I guess probably I'll start us off with the most recent memorable one, which was UCLA Gonzaga Men's Basketball March Madness tournament this year. Um, Obviously, I mean, a crazy game that got incredibly crazy at the end of it. John and I were both there, um, except most of the time, I mean, when we're at a game together, we're sitting next to each other. In that case, we were sitting entirely across from each other. Um, But to be able to sit courtside, first of all, the March Madness game was surreal for me, obviously. Um, But then just the way that game unfolded at the end, I mean, it's one of those games where you know, I wasn't even writing, but it's one of those games where if you're writing the rap, like you put away the laptop and you just you just watch it yeah. and you watch it unfold. Like As the one who
0: actually wrote the the recap, the rap of that game, I can confirm that I just put my computer away and just took it all in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where you get to the last couple minutes of the game and everybody on media row there is puts their laptops away. They take out their phones and they're recording almost like a fan, obviously not in the same way, but yeah i just i mean it's like an indescribable experience those couple minutes where it's just like what is happening right now
0: really is surreal i think that's the best way to put that um that game specifically because it just felt like everybody was watching like everybody you knew was watching that game and it was the history between ucla gonzaga and sitting courtside at an NCAA tournament game a packed arena, everyone yelling like that is the experience second to none and it really just i don't know it really uh hammered home that like this is really cool. This is like a really great experience and we're all extremely lucky to have. Um, I think the moment that it set in for me was before the game. The game before it was Connecticut, Arkansas. And Sam and I went out and watched that game. Um, And UConn won. It wasn't a close game or anything. But after the game, uh, Dan Hurley, UConn's coach, uh, went over I was sitting so I was sitting courtside. I was sitting right in front of the Yukon fan section And he was going over to talk to his wife and his wife happened to be like right directly behind me So he kind of had to lean over me to hug his wife And then little did I know that Bill Murray the actor was like a row behind them and I just didn't see it I guess but some Yukon staffer video staffer filmed the whole thing um, And it got pretty viral of Dan Hurley and uh, Bill Murray uh, Yelling at each other because I think Bill Murray is asking uh asking the coach to take off his shirt or something and in that video i'm there just like filming and i have this smile and i guess i had no idea what was happening that there <laughs> yeah i didn't know bill murray was even there but that video got pretty viral and i had people send me pictures of me in it um and i was like well wow, i'm like right there at like this like huge event that like a lot of people were watching like it doesn't get better than that and obviously the game itself julian trother's big shot ucla's comeback i mean i was right there when abari bailey hit the game tying that actually was like three to take the lead, I think, that would have won UCLA the game, brought them to an Elite Eight, all that, and just um, just an experience.
2: Yeah, and I hate to bring up another heartbreaker, but the year before when I went to um, the Sweet 16 game against UNC, that probably was also one of my favorite experiences with Daley Bruin. Again, like Sam said, even just being able to sit courtside um, at a March Madness game is just surreal to me, not something that I ever thought I'd do in my life. But um, even just watching the game before, St. Peter's versus Purdue, Um, that was just very surreal to me. It felt like I was just a fan watching a very like a historic game, and then, um, obviously tensions got a lot higher, and I got very nervous writing the rap for UNC, which only got even worse towards the end when, um, Caleb Love kind of just took over, which obviously was very sad, but it was a very fun experience. Um, just being around all these different reporters and journalists from. The New York Times, Washington Post, things like that. Like that was just surreal to me, seeing my name next to um, outlets like that, and just doing interviews
0: next yeah. to them is just crazy. You're like have to raise your hand for the mic. And I think at one of the NCAA tournament press conferences, I was at um, Bill Plaschke, the LA Times columnist, who's like on ESPN and stuff. Um, I had the mic, and he like, uh, right when I was about to ask a question, he like last second asked something like on top of me, and I was like, wow, like this guy who I like, grew up watching on like, uh, what's the show? Around the horn. Yeah, yeah. Um who I grew up watching on Around the Horn, like on ESPN two and stuff, just like talked on top of me to get his question asked. Like that it's like intimidating and stuff, but it just like it really makes you feel like just I don't know how lucky it is that I got to go do these things.
1: Yeah. I feel like as many like crazy games, like we can talk you like Gonzaga, I know UCLA USC football this year was one that the three of us were all at together. Um in terms of like crazy games that we've been able to see in the last four years, like there's a lot of those, but just as many there's, you know, moments where it's like, okay, how am I even here right now? Like for me, I think going to Fort Worth to watch the gymnastics championships a month ago was one of those moments just because i had covered the team for three years and they hadn't made it there yet. So to be able to have that experience was incredible. And then another one, I think, going to Eugene for the UCLA at Oregon football game this past year. Um we got up super early to go to college game day. Um then you go to that game and to see Autzen Stadium, that press box was probably the most crazy view I've seen from a press box yet.
0: That's probably the loudest game I've been to, like at my time here, that was just a wild environment. As someone who has been to Autzen a lot like that, that was a new level for it. Like going to game day all that was such an experience. And then, yeah, another one like that Sam saying that like, how am I here right now was, you saw Oregon in 2020 when, you know, COVID lockdowns were everywhere. There's no fans at any of these games. Um, and I just happened to be in Eugene because UCLA was online for that, um, that year. So I was back home. Um, and I remember asking Jack Perez, who was a top editor, that, and like, Hey, if I'm already here, can I like, go to the game? And sure enough, I got a credential and just seeing like being in an empty stadium when a game is being played like that, that's probably never going to happen again in our lifetimes. And just to see, like, um, and it was a pretty, it was a good game too. It came down to the end. It was the game Chase Griffin started. Um, and just like knowing that this was like really like probably like a once in a lifetime experience is just, um, crazy to think about and the opportunities were afforded here Um, one more just like best performance or something I saw um, was the first game I went to at the Rose Bowl was the Fresno State football game that I went with Sam um, where Jake Hainer probably had like the best performance I've ever seen from a quarterback like ever Um, and I wasn't the only one who said that Chip Kelly after the game said like that was
1: the best performance he's seen from a quarterback before I feel like as many crazy UCLA wins as we've seen we've seen a lot of heartbreaking losses I guess in the moment watching a loss is not as fun as watching it win because at the end of the day journalists you know they understand that when you're covering a team that's winning it's a lot more fun than when you're covering a team that's losing it's just a totally different feeling to cover a loss than it is to cover a win especially when it comes in heartbreaking fashion but I think like looking back on it now those are you know maybe it wasn't fun to cover UCLA blowing a late lead to Fresno State and watching Jay Kaner put up a crazy performance like that in the moment and it wasn't fun to listen to what Chip Kelly had to say afterwards I'm sure um But to think back and be like, oh, wow, I was at, you know, a crazy game of that magnitude, I think is a lot cooler to reminisce on now than it was maybe in the moment.
0: Yeah, I think I know um, Francis and I went to um, the first and second round of the NCAA tournament this year and we watched the Arizona Princeton game. We got there very early just to watch all these games um, and we... Went down courtside. I think our seats weren't for the until later in the day, but we found two empty like courtside media seats down there that was right next to the Arizona bench. And of course, Princeton ended up winning that game. It was like a huge upset. And if you watch like any video of it, you can see Francis and I like right there, like right where like everyone's like celebrating and cheering and all that. Um, that like, I don't know, like in 20 years, I'm gonna be watching like one of those YouTube compilations that's like, March Madness, best moments, and that's going to be on there and I can like look for myself. And, and, like, that's a pretty cool experience.
2: Yeah, as John can attest to, I probably got a little too excited, but Princeton is my hometown team.
0: You can you can see Francis cheering in the video. I should have thrown that in. Um, we shouldn't cheer in the impress row, but sometimes it happens.
2: Yeah, but that definitely was a very big full circle moment for me. Because I remember going to Princeton basketball games as like a five year old kid and just being able to sit courtside watching them beat a number two seed. That is another like how am I here moment. But also going back to what Sam said, another how how am I here moment was over winter break, I was back home in New Jersey and I got to go to a game at Madison Square Garden, which if you haven't been able to do, especially if you're a basketball game, I definitely recommend trying to do that one time in your life because there really is nothing like it. Being able to be in the media room and like watch John Cow party and all of them get interviewed, just all of it was just very surreal to me. Um, another experience that I'll never forget in my life. Just like a few like quick honorable mentions, because I think we gotta speed this up a little. Um, UCLA
0: Villanova basketball game, the first one of fans in a while after the final four run. That was just incredible game to to watch. I know Sam didn't get in because the line line situation was its own thing, but that was a great one. I'm um, going back to my freshman year. Um, I wasn't at this one, but there was a UCLA USC women's basketball game that I think I covered remotely or something that was double overtime. Um, Natalie Chow had a crazy shot that put it into overtime, and I just remember, wow. And then uh, Texas UCLA softball game my freshman year too. I just remember going into extra innings, and it was like I think one versus two or something like that. Um, and there's at the school there's so many like good games like that in any sport, any caliber that you're always going to see like the best of the best really. Um, regardless of the game you go to yeah and then
2: just one final one i wanted to bring up was i know we were talking about a home crowd during a win Um, me and sam were both at the ucla lsu football game i think that was definitely one of the best home environments that i've been at even though i was up in the press box with the sound barrier i could still feel just um the sheer amount of fans and students there were and that was definitely a very cool experience the rose
0: bowl is unmatched especially when it's filled like we were all ucla usc this year like that that was like such a new experience i would never seen it filled like that and it's probably the one of the most if not the most iconic football stadiums and just having that be your home stadium is incredible
1: yeah those two games probably like in terms of atmosphere i don't know if i'm ever going to beat that
0: a great experience for all of us but um, uh, i think i think we've been enough about games so um just uh you know all these games usually we have to write a rap for and we have a lot of raps we like but i guess i want to ask Um, we also read a lot of, you know, previews, notebooks, features, columns,
1: um, what was one story in particular that wasn't a wrap that you guys really are proud of? I'm going to directly ignore your question for a second and answer with a wrap just because this one's a little outside the box. Um, but I think covering the, the Tokyo Olympics for gymnastics a couple years ago was probably one of the coolest experiences for me. Um, remotely. Yes. Not, not in Tokyo to clarify. Um, But yeah, I think one of the things I realized about gymnastics off the bat is it is super big at UCLA, but everybody knows it's big on the Olympic stage. So to be able to wake up at 5 a.m. and write a rap of, you know, Jordan Childs competing in the Olympics was kind of insane. And I remember the story kind of blowing up on my Twitter afterwards. Um, So yeah, that was probably the coolest like outside of the box daily ruin experience I've had maybe. Um, But then in terms of non-raps, I think – writing the feature on David Singleton this year was probably the coolest experience I've had um, just because I feel like a lot of times, you know, when you think of men's basketball and football athletes, we almost put them on a pedestal. They're like almost unreachable, unreachable I think. Um, and to be able to kind of get to know one of them on a one-on-one basis, I think was an experience that I haven't had before. Um, to be able to tell that story, I think was really cool.
2: Uh, yeah, for me, I think it would be when I was on the women's basketball beat as an editor last year, I wrote a story about um, like several of the women's basketball players last year just had led an initiative for social justice. And I sat down with both Cam Brown and Corey Close and Charisma about it and just being able to talk to them one on one on one about, you know, their point of view and their like thought process behind the initiative and being able to work together on that and what it meant to them. That was definitely a very cool experience for me. And then being able to put that into words, put that into a story that other people can read, was definitely um, you know something that I didn't take lightly. And um, on a similar line, another story that I definitely enjoyed writing was my column about women's basketball earlier this year, about how they deserve more visibility. Um, I think that especially with the fact that they've gotten some huge transfers and some huge commitments recently, um, women's basketball has a huge chance to skyrocket in the coming years at UCLA. And being able to write an article like that and feel like I'm actually you know spreading awareness and like making an impact on campus for the team was definitely very cool.
0: I guess my favorite story to write um, was my first column I wrote my first Christian Chronicle um, in 2020 after Under Armour in um, a, a pretty big deal they backed out of their uh, contract with UCLA and UCLA needed a new apparel sponsor and people were wondering like what who's it going to be at that was my first column was you know looking at all the different options of you know nike adidas under armor again jordan or something um and that's just like so like in my wheelhouse like i i don't know i i'm one of those like uniform nerd kids growing up who always like just loved classic jerseys or just like loved like ranking jerseys and stuff somewhere in my google docs i have a ranking of like every major pro team's jersey rankings um so doing that just like talking about that i obviously know a lot about it too um just felt like like just the combination of so Sony, and my interests, um, just going down the list of saying like, well, what would Adidas be good for Jordan be good for this? And at the end of it, I gave my pick and I said, I think it's going to be Jordan and Nike. Uh, it just makes sense. Jordan needed a West coast school. Then um, just like a flagship university like that. And it ended up being true. So that was a pretty cool uh, moment to have. And I think it got pretty, I remember people in like the Facebook comments were mad at me for, um something in it, and just like seeing that people will comment on your article, like even if it's bad, it's just like damn people are reading this. I guess to wrap us up, I just wanted to ask you guys, do you guys have any you know words of wisdom, any advice for people thinking about joining the Daily Bruin or who are already in the Daily Bruin and you know want to kind of get more involved or something like that what just what are your some parting thoughts um, on your experience?
2: Um yeah, I think the same as Sam said earlier, I think an important thing to remember is you don't have to want to do journalism as a career to join the Daily Bruin. Um, like I said, I'm pre-dental, so like obviously nothing to do with journalism. But at the same time, I think that the skills I've gained from being in the Daily Bruin and involving myself with it are things that I wouldn't have been able to get anywhere else. Um, I think that if you enjoy sports or you know anything else that Daily Bruin has to offer, then I would definitely recommend just trying to immerse yourself as much as possible because um there's so many opportunities that the daily brewing offers and definitely changed my college experience for the better
1: yeah i'll say more or less what francis said but um i mean we just spent like 20 minutes talking about our favorite games that we've got to cover um and i mean none of us really want to go into sports journalism as a career and yet here we are and we've written you know probably i don't know how many articles between us but 800 plus articles between us um and yeah like Francis said I mean you learn a ton whether or not you want to go into the field or not um and if you're a sports fan I mean you're not going to get a better experience on campus because UCLA has an incredible array of sports to offer Um, and to be able to get a front row seat to those and talk to the athletes and talk to the coaches I mean I know for me, like every time I still do it, it's still like kind of surreal in my head.
0: Yeah, I guess to me, it's just that all these stories we told. I think what made a lot of them so cool is that we weren't alone doing this. We had other people at Daily Burn traveling with us or going to games with us. And I think that's my biggest takeaway: is just that like the, the Daily Burn just creates a community, and you get to know so many people and like be friends with so many people um, and whatnot, and have like just shared interests, all that. Um, that really yeah, like, just like the the people in this place are are great and it's just I don't know such a cool experience and to really just you know take every opportunity presented to you um and just if you want to write a big beat you can you just have to put the work in but just small beats are awesome sports are awesome just it really gives you an opportunity to really like nerd out and like go really deep into something you're interested in that is just awesome for a college experience like this I can't imagine where I'd be without the Daily Bruin so um yeah I guess that's going to wrap us up for our final out-of-bounds together. Um, thank you, Sam, Francis, for coming on. Uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening to this, the last few years. Um, out-of-bounds is still going to be in good hands and all of that. But um, for the final time, Out-of-bounds is brought to you by The Daily Bruin, UCLA student newspaper. You can listen to this show and others by The Daily Bruin on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And a transcript for the show is available at dailybruin.com. Thanks, everyone.